The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert, coming to you live from our recent studio at Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. It's wild card weekend approaching. So excited. We'll get into all of the games that begin tomorrow with the doubleheader on Saturday. Adam Burke is going to join us for the first half hour here in studio in just a few moments. Chris Andrews, the South Point Sports Director, is going to come and give us the book's perspective on some of the line movement. And, of course, EP of gaming content at Valley Sports, Brad Evans, give us all the lowdown on the best prop betting opportunities in the NFL this week with the 14 teams remaining. But as we always do, let's get into our top five stories that you need to know that impact us as bettors. And we're going to start in the NBA because I don't know about you guys. I was a little shook watching the Warriors-Bucks game last night. Defending champion Bucks closed out a 118-99 to win and we're up 39 at halftime against Golden State. It was the biggest halftime deficit the Warriors have faced since moving from Philadelphia, Milwaukee easily covered any number that you got. Total went under. Giannis Antetokounmpo did Giannis things. 30 points, 12 boards, 11 assists, and three blocks. Golden State was without Draymond Green, who's dealing with a calf injury. Um, but that include all the, sorry, not a single Golden State Warrior player had more than 16 points, and that includes Steph Curry, who is, of course, your odds-on MVP favorite just 12 points on four of 11 shooting he continues to slump the Warriors now have dropped four of their last five games and face another tough task tonight against the top team in the east the Chicago Bulls 
They'll do so again without Green tonight or Clay Thompson who's taken a rest day for the second half of their back-to-back Chicago three-and-a-half point home favorites total 224. The Bulls took a beat down from the Nets themselves on Wednesday. They've lost two of their last three, so both teams trying to get back on the right side of things. Uh, the Bulls, by the way, 15-5 and five in United Center. We've also got an exciting matchup in Memphis as the Grizzlies play host to their division rival, the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Can Luka Doncic slow down John Morant and the juggernaut Grizz who have won 11 straight games and sit third in the West right now. Memphis, two-point favorites total in that one, 214.5. The Mavs have been playing well themselves, winners in six of their last seven straight up. These two split the season series so far this year Memphis winning the first game 97 90 and Dallas taking game two 104 to 96 speaking of John Morant though look out for him in the MVP race on December 1st he was 80 to 1 on the odds board but since coming back from that injury on December 20th his odds have surged all the way up to 30 to 1 sixth best on the odds board in the NFL it's super wild card weekend as I said and we've been keeping an eye on all of that odds movement Raiders at the Bengals this line opened at Six and a half, the Bengals' favorite. It's now sitting at five and a half, but we've seen it as low as four and a half. So keep an eye on the movement there. Total up from 48 to 49. Patriots and the Bills, the second game Saturday. No real change on this one. Stayed pretty steady there at four and a half, total 44. As we move to Sunday, Eagles at Buccaneers in the early game spot. This one opened eight and a half, has gone up a little bit. Now pretty steady back at eight and a half. The total, though, however, has ticked down to 46. 49ers and Cowboys, that total's been bet up to 51. You liked when you could get the hook at three and a half if you're a 49ers backer. Now sitting there, Dallas favored by three. Steelers and Chiefs, this one's stayed pretty high up there in double digits between 11 and a half and 12 and a half. Total 46 and a half. Cardinals Rams on Monday night opened Rams favored by five, now four, total 49 and a half. Last one here among the 14 teams remaining. Super Bowl 56 hopes alive. Still, there are a lot of injuries that could impact these games as well. Both Raiders running back Josh Jacobs and tight end Darren Waller are good to go for Raiders Bengals on Saturday. But in Sunday's action, Eagles running back Miles Sanders, he's going to play against the Bucks despite fracturing his hand and undergoing surgery just three weeks ago. Nick Sirianni says he'll have no limitations. As for Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, who's been practicing since coming off the IR with a hamstring, is a game-time decision. Fellow running back Ronald Jones and wide receiver Cyril Grayson are out. Good news, though, for 49ers backers. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has been full go at practice, dealing with a significant thumb injury, though, the last few weeks. Left tackle Trent Williams is expected to be back. And running back Elijah Mitchell practiced this week in a limited capacity. San Francisco, as I said, getting three in Jerry World. Steelers are headed to Kansas City. And wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster trending towards playing. But for the Chiefs, wide receiver Tyreek Hill and running back Daryl Williams expected to be good to go. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, will not play. Still dealing with that shoulder. We'll update more of the Monday night games further uh, when we come back here next Monday. But as of now, Rams quarterback Matt Stafford practicing in full despite the toe injury he suffered last week while Arizona running backs James Conner did not with the ribs. J.J. Watt, however, good news there, trending towards playing. That was a mouthful. So I'm going to let my guest Adam Burke here start talking. Welcome in um, VEASAN Zone writer, contributor extraordinaire on all of the shows that you can imagine here. How are you, Adam? Well, how are you doing? Good. You need to talk more than that, though. I'm worn out. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm used to looking over and seeing Femi. This is a nice change of pace and good to have you doing a Friday show here. I know you're 
used to running all over the country doing college football sideline work. Thank you. It's been fun to be back in studio. I know you miss Femi. I miss him too. I was telling you uh, before we started the show that I, I hope that we get Femi on here with me. Although I don't know if VEASAN fans can handle it. We're both in the same place at the same time. Like Femi Friday on a stormy Friday. Femi right? Fridays. I love it. Um, but let's get into some of the games that interest you the most wild card weekend. What's maybe your favorite bet coming up this week? You know, I, I first before we talk about my favorite bet, I actually want to talk about my favorite game because I think that this 49ers Dallas game is very, very interesting. And I do like the over 51 in this game. I think both offenses will have plenty of success moving the football. The 49ers have been an advanced metrics darling throughout the year. And of course, as we know, Dallas, very potent, all kinds of offensive weapons. But this line has been fascinating to me. We've seen it tick up, as you mentioned there in the intro, two, three and a half at some places, come back down to three, three with extra juice. It feels like there's a lot of support out there for San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And yet this line actually went up to three and a half in some places yesterday. And as I said, it has kind of waffled back and forth between three and three and a half. But I think this is probably the sharpest spread of the week. And I think it's just one of those cases where you're going to have sharp money on both sides. You're going to have public money on both sides, probably a little bit more on the Dallas side. But I think this is just, first of all, I think this game is way too good to be played the first weekend because this very well could be an NFC championship game caliber matchup, but uh, a great game. And again, you know, all of, all of these lines are going to be tight when you talk about the NFL playoffs because there's so much handle, so many data points and all that. But man, this side feels like, a very, very strong number, and I'll be curious to see where it closes. Yeah, no doubt, and it's no secret for anybody who listens to this program. I'm on San Francisco this week. I'm a 49ers fan. I might even play with the money line because I believe in them so much, but I do have a lot of concern with the Cowboys when they are able to open up offensively, and I know their run game has struggled week in and week out, it seems like, but when Dak Prescott is able to get the ball in his playmaker's hands, that spread offense can be so lethal. The Cowboys scare me because they're a team that's either so on or so off, and I'm worried when they're on. Right, and I think something that's really intriguing about the Cowboys' side in this game, and there are other playoff teams that this applies to, but they played a bunch of bad teams in the lead-up to the postseason, and Dak Prescott put up monster numbers. I was on with um, with Ben Wilson when Dak threw the five touchdown passes in that regular season finale, and they torched some some pretty lackluster teams. An Eagles team that wasn't necessarily engaged, wasn't invested. Had some reserves. Right. And, and and now they're stepping up, playing the full version of the 49ers. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out, where Dallas's perception has been on the rise because they've looked so good and so efficient, but also they weren't playing anybody. Meanwhile, San Francisco you know, did play a pretty difficult schedule down the stretch, started out two and four, and here they are in the playoffs, as you well know, and just – you know, had that comeback win against the Rams that proved maybe lessened some of the concerns, I should say, about Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb. Yeah. So I love this game. I really do. Oh, it's going to be such a fun one, and especially for people that remember the historic side of things back in the 80s and 90s and how competitive and fun those matchups were. Like, I'm so sad that I wasn't around for more of them, but I watched them all in NFL films. My dad is a diehard 49ers fan, so I know the rivalry so well. Um, I hope that the players, I know that they've even talked about, like, I don't know anything about it, but I hope that they embrace what this meeting means to so many people. You know what I mean? And, right. Uh, how fun was it, too, by the way, the San Francisco 49ers Rams game last week, seeing how engaged the fan base was and how much red traveled. So that's like another key part of this with these two fan bases having the historic 
fans that they have with both of these organizations going head to head. I think it's cool. No, absolutely. I think it's great. And, and, you know, these guys get to write their own chapter now in that, you know, historic rivalry that they had dating back to, you know, as you mentioned, the eighties and the nineties, now they can kind of put their own stamp on it. And I think that that's something that's, that's really interesting for both sides here. And again, something I think is really interesting from a betting standpoint about this game. Yeah, no doubt. I was looking at some of the interesting numbers here because you mentioned Dallas playing some of the lesser teams um, against the NFC East, against their division. They were fantastic, six and zero, but against the rest of the league, not so great, six and five. Um, their points per game in that span went from forty to twenty six and a half, and their point differential from plus one hundred thirty three to plus thirty nine. Which, of course, in that span includes the game they had against Atlanta, where it was like forty three forty final, which ticks those numbers down even more again. Right. No, absolutely. I think it's an excellent point to make. And especially, too, when you consider the fact that the 49ers, and I know that Seattle had the Russell Wilson injury and, and didn't really live up to expectations, but the 49ers come from the best division in the NFL. Whereas the NFC East, I know the Eagles made the playoffs, but they're not a particularly strong team. Beating up on the Giants in Washington twice, there's really not much you can take away from that. I think it's a really excellent point. And again, as I said, the 49ers being a metrics darling, is it out of the realm of possibility that we see this number go to two and a half if, if there's enough sharp interest in San Francisco? I, I don't think so. We'll see. I just wanted to be at the three and a half because that's I got it at three and I'll bet it again at three and a half. Um, VEASAN, by the way, everybody has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special provides VEASAN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th, just 69 bucks. Sign up now, get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting spreads breakdown on every game. VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. More with Adam Burke on the other side. We will get your best bet. I just had to talk more 49ers. It's just what I did. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to My Guys in the Desert. This segment brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, available in 10 varieties now, like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, many more. Plus, for your convenience, every variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. So it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Adam Burke with us on the program for one more segment on My Guys in the Desert live from Circus Sportsbook. And it is time for me to subject you to a game. We're going to play a little confidence meter, see which seeds, as they compare, you have the most confidence in to go ahead and win this year's Super Bowl. So let's start with the seven seed. Steelers or Eagles? Who do you have more confidence in? The rough one. One of the worst playoff teams we've seen in quite some time. When you look at a lot of their stats and metrics, they're very negative on the yards per play differential side, minus 0.7. They're the first team in, I think, four years, five years to make the playoffs, gaining fewer than five yards per play. I think Pittsburgh is terrible. I think there's a scenario, though, in which Philadelphia can actually beat Tampa Bay. I don't think it happens, but the weather is going to be bad, which will affect Tampa Bay's passing game. The Eagles obviously run the football to have success, uh, but I, I think Pittsburgh gets run off the field this week. So the Eagles are, are my answer, even though I don't think either one makes it. <laughs> Hot takes. No, I mean, Big Ben did say of the 14 teams, they're probably 14. I know it's playing with house money perspective, but he's not wrong. He's either. not wrong. Six seeds. We've got Patriots and 49ers. This one's tricky, um, you know, because obviously you don't want to discredit or discount Bill Belichick in any way, shape, or form, but the 49ers are a very strong sixth seed. I'm sure that's music to your ears, Stormy. Thank you. They, they are very, very good from an advanced metric standpoint. They've looked great all season long. I'm not going to say this game against the Cowboys is a toss-up, but it's probably a 52-48, 53-47 kind of game. So I, I definitely like the 49ers as a team that could really surprise there in the NFC. Both teams 10 to 1 right now to win the Super Bowl in the five spot Raiders and Cardinals. Yeah, this unfortunately this one's pretty easy. I think the yeah. Cardinals are still a pretty good team. I mean, defensively, they were in the top five in yards per play most of the year. I know they struggled in the second half, and I know there are questions about Cliff Kingsbury, but I think Arizona's very live this week. I know a lot of people think that the Raiders are live. I don't necessarily believe it. 
Uh, I think the Cardinals at 12 to 1. I think you could make a worse bet to win the Super Bowl than Cardinals at 12 to 1 for yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, Raiders, I think we're all still just surprised that they made the playoffs, let alone getting a five seed. Right. Um, I mean, their last five wins have been by by three or fewer points. Yeah. I mean, they win very close games, and there's only so many times you can keep asking a team to do that. No doubt. I think they had the most walk-off wins this season with six, the Raiders did. In the four spot, now these are two good ones. I, this mm -hmm. one might be a little bit more tough for you. Bengals and Rams. So I'll say this, and I mentioned this on Wednesday during my spot on betting across America. Maybe it was on the look ahead, one of the two. You're everywhere. But I, I think that the Bengals are the most high-variance team in the playoffs. I think they could lose this week, or they could make a run and win the AFC. I think that their offense is that good. Their defense is a little bit underrated, I believe. With that being said, the Rams are probably the safer pick here, but obviously you're getting a lot less for your money at that plus 450 as opposed to the 7-1. to one. So from a line equity standpoint, I would say Cincinnati, but I think that the Rams probably have a better chance. Okay, okay. In the three spot, Bills and Cowboys. Cowboys, we talked about them already, fell off a little bit the back half of the, the season here. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Buffalo is a really, really good team. From a defensive standpoint, they led the league in DVOA throughout most of the year. They led the league in yards per play allowed. Good defensive team. When Josh Allen runs around and puts the team on his shoulders, he's definitely a, a top five, top three quarterback in the NFL. I just feel like the Bills are a little bit more trustworthy than Dallas. Dallas lived on, basically thrived on turnovers on the defensive side to obscure some of the problems that they had stopping the run and also some of the big plays that they allowed in the passing game. So for me, it's Buffalo, but again, that price at plus 350 is just so short. Not worthwhile. In the two seeds, we've got Chiefs and Buccaneers. Bucks plus 350 to win it all. Chiefs plus 175, even shorter. So I'm going to have a cop-out answer here and say both because I think this is the Super Bowl matchup <laughs> oh, okay. for Super Bowl 56. I think that it's the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. I think it's a rematch of last year. The Chiefs looked so much better in the second half, and I think Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFC. So I would, I'm would i going to say both of them. Hot take. Now, as we go to our top seeds, the Green Bay Packers, they're number one, and the Tennessee Titans. I have a feeling you're going to go Packers on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go Packers here. I'm not a huge believer in the Titans. I know they haven't had Derrick Henry, and when they get him back, their team is a completely different dynamic. But another team, negative in yards per play differential. You know, they beat some good teams early on in the year, but we didn't see them get tested by a lot of good teams in the back half of the year, which is a positive for them because they didn't have Derrick Henry. It's just tough to, you know, go through Lambeau in, in January and February and, and actually knock off the Packers. So I'd have to say Green Bay, I... I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee gets upset in the divisional round. Ooh, really? Yeah. See, they are, I mean, I've been talking about it a lot this week, but they're like, they've got to be the most disrespected top seed I mm -hmm. can even think of in recent times because nobody really thought they were going to get to this point. They've just been kind of quiet, hanging out over there with the Powers, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, the Packers have just been dominating. Right. And, and to Tennessee's credit, I mean, look, their defense has dramatically improved from last year. I give them significant credit for what they've done on that side of the ball. It's the reason why they're the number one seed, honestly, because Ryan Tannehill's not played particularly well. The wide receivers have been hurt. Obviously, they've been without Henry. That defense stepped up in a big way for them this year, and it could help them in the playoffs, to be sure, but I just I don't think that this offense is, is Super Bowl caliber at all. All right, we've got a doubleheader coming up on Saturday. Raiders getting five and a half against the Bengals. Patriots at the Bills. This is going to be their third meeting in like six weeks, and it's going to be cold again. The weather I'm seeing is going to be single digits. The term I've heard used is Alaskan with wind chill. It's going to be negative. It's going to be very cold. How do you think this game plays out? I do not miss that kind of weather in January. <laughs> I will say that as a Cleveland guy being near the lake, I do not miss the cold weather. 
Um, look, you know, in the first game, New England broke off one long run. You know, it was played in a, a snow globe and a wind tunnel, mm-hmm. basically. I draw a line through that complete game for both teams, really. And then in the second meeting at Foxborough, Buffalo dominated the game. Josh Allen completely took it over. I think he ran for 65 yards, threw for over 300. They found Isaiah McKenzie in that game for three touchdowns. They dominated that game. And that said a lot to me about Buffalo, and it said a lot to me about New England, too, where everyone kind of jumped on that Patriots train in the middle of the year. Mac Jones was playing so well, all of that. I get it. You can run on Buffalo. I understand that. But I don't think the Patriots have much success stopping Josh Allen and the Bills' offense here. I played minus four earlier in the week. It's now up to four and a half, which kind of surprises me. I sort of thought this one would stay where it was. But I think Buffalo definitely advances here in this game. And Patriots lost three of their last four games to end the season. You say the Bills dominated. They dominated time of possession also. Mm -hmm. 35 minutes in that second meeting to the Patriots, 25. So big difference there. Um, Let's talk about that earlier matchup, though, too. Raiders and and Bengals, because you talk about your experience knowing Ohio weather very well. It's going to be cold there, too. Definitely going to be cold, and obviously that's a concern for a team like the Raiders, you know, not only coming from the desert, but they're also a dome team, and now they have to go outside. Derek Carr's going to have to play in weather that, for the most part, he hasn't really played in too much since he was, you know, playing Mountain West college football. So the one thing about the cold, and I think Adam Chernoff probably mentioned this on Follow the Money this morning, is that it really decreases the effectiveness of the passing game, which is no surprise, but it is something that I believe the stat is like 8 to 10% decrease in terms of passing performance. So the more I started thinking about this game and the more I looked back at the first game that these two teams played, I wound up with the under 49 here. And as you can see, it's gone down to 48 at some places. But in that first game, it was a 16 to 13 game in the fourth quarter before Mm -hmm. Cincinnati scored a couple of touchdowns late, kind of made that game look a little bit. Raiders were turning it over. Right. Made that game look a little bit more lopsided than it actually was. The Bengals only had one play of 20 or more yards in that game against the Raiders. And the Raiders did a really good job this year of limiting yards after the catch. They only gave up 10 yards per reception. That was the third best in the NFL. And that's what the Bengals need. They need yards after the catch. They need Jamar Chase to get a quick slant and then take it 25, 30 yards. But the Raiders do a really good job of defending that. So I wound up finding myself on the under 49 for that one. And I'm pretty happy with that position seeing his total go down. All right. One game that I know you and I are on opposite ends of is the Monday night game. First Monday wild card game ever. So that'll be a fun one. Rams Cardinals in the NFC West. I like the Rams minus four, but you're back in the Cardinals. Tell me why. So really to me, the, the only reason to take Arizona in this game, I think both of these teams are very, very equal. You look at the two matchups during the regular season. They were decided by turnovers. The yards per play were very similar for both teams in both games. So for me, I'm getting two teams I consider to be equals. Both of them, ironically enough, better on the road this year. Mm -hmm. But I think they're equals, and one team's getting four points. So to me, I think Arizona is the side here. I don't know if they win, but I just think from a line equity standpoint, this is more like a field goal game to me, and I'm getting an extra point of value on the Cardinals. So I went ahead and took it at four, and I know we're running out of time, but I'm curious why you like the Rams. Well, so the thing that certainly goes against me is what you're saying on the road. The Cardinals have been significantly better on the road, especially in – positions like this where they're an underdog they've been very good but I just have this belief in the Rams that they've been the hotter team at the end of the season the Cardinals dropped four of their last five games I believe whereas the Rams have really hit their stride before that loss to the 49ers they won five straight they've overcome all of Matt Stafford's issues and when Matt Stafford is good he can make throws other quarterbacks can't I just really think that he gives them the edge and their offensive weapons give them the edge Cooper Cup's crazy we might have to discuss a side bet during the break here let's discuss
Big thank you to Adam Burke for joining us here on the program. More My Guys when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live from Circus Sportsbook. Time for power ranking the most attractive head coach openings available coming into this year. Obviously, there are eight of them, and you are not going to see the Texans or New York Giants on this list. We'll start at number five with the Miami Dolphins, who just fired a coach who had winning records the past two seasons, a career mark of four and two against division rival and former boss Bill Belichick Flores did. Um, I think that they're a solid enough team that if you have the right leader in there, I mean, we saw what they did the back half of the season, won eight of their last nine games. Thought they were going to have a really good year, just didn't get to the promised land, and the leadership decided to go in another direction because of the way they felt about potentially a quarterback. I don't know. I like the Dolphins. I think that it's an attractive opening, especially where you live. Um, The Bears I have at number four, they're going through a near total organizational reset. New GM gets to pick his own guy. That helps the cause right off the top. Don't get to pick your own quarterback, but I don't think that's a problem because you got a potentially special one in Justin Fields. Biggest hurdle this year is going to be the lack of a first-round pick. I like the Bears and their just historical significance. Three on the list, I have the Jags. No secret, they've got the top pick this year. They had the top pick last year. Some pieces you can build around, and quite frankly, uh, the guy that you're replacing did such a brutal job. You're going to look great no matter what you do. Come in there. The biggest turn off from the Jags is that Trent Balky is in charge of things there. He's got a bit of a mixed bag reputation in the league, a little bit of dysfunction as we know. But I think the Jaguars really attractive job um, if you do it and play your cards right. Broncos I have is number two. This is a team that's very ready to win now. Well, except at the quarterback position. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, obviously not the answer there. But that's the thing with the Broncos for me is they keep replacing their head coaches instead of getting a franchise quarterback. And you would think that a guy like John Elway, who's been there for years and years and years, would have the best potential looking at different quarterbacks. Apparently not. Um, They also have ample cap space, but just in my opinion, way too much offensive talent to be stuck in the bottom third of the league in so many offensive categories. They're built to win. Now find a guy who can get you there. Raiders are my most attractive pick here. They are a team that is in the playoffs despite everything they have gone through with John Gruden, with Henry Ruggs, with Damon Arnett. They have arguably the best quarterback of all of the openings available in Derek Carr. He's got one more year left. No state income tax in Nevada. The Raiders play in a great brand new stadium. I know the future of Mike Mayock remains unclear. Um, The recent draft halls haven't borne much fruit, but again, that's because of off the field issues. They're another team with cap space. I like the future of the Raiders. And again, I can't get over it. This is the first time in 60 years that an interim head coach has guided a team to the playoffs. Clearly something is okay within this organization and is special. I think it's a good spot. Plus, I'm not just biased. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. It has nothing to do with that. Time to welcome in our guy, Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director. We're going to talk all about the Super Wild Card Weekend matchups. How are you, Chris? 
I'm doing good, Stormy. How you doing? Good. So excited to have you on. We need to know which game so far. I know most of the money comes in on game day, of course, but which game so far has gotten the majority of action early from betters? Uh, you know, we've had a ton of money all across the board. Right now, the most money is Patriots and Bills. Why do you think that is? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, first of all, I mean, they're a division matchup. We've seen each other twice already this year. Uh, Patriots still have like a mystique to them. Uh, and they will, as long as Bill Belichick's there. Uh, so we opened this game four and a half. The first uh, wave of smart bets came in on the Patriots. We went down to four. And then the wave started, uh, the, you know, the worm turned. Let's put it that way. And now we're starting to get some sharp action on the Bills. We're back to four and a half. So we got wise guys on both sides of this game. Uh, and, of course, the public. And, the, and the, you know, I could, I could say this for every game this week. The public's all over this game on both sides. So we got a lot of action. Uh, the guys have a lot of opinions on the total uh, because the weather is going to be cold. I mean, the wind isn't going to be all that bad, which most guys look at now more than the, the actual temperature. And uh, also the money line, we're beginning a lot of bills on the money line play. So right now, that is the number one game. I know a lot of people are call, talking about the Cowboys 49ers, but that's a couple days away. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, you know, the bills and Patriots are, what, about 24, 25, 26 hours away from now. So that's the one they're concentrating on at this point. Well, and that's good for you guys in the books to have more of that two-way action, right? Not a ton of liability on any one team yet, at least this week. Um, the earlier game on Saturday, Raiders-Bengals, we've seen that line kind of move all over the place. Some books I've seen as low as four and a half. Six and a half is where it opened a lot of places, settling out kind of around five, five and a half. Like, did that surprise you the way you've seen money come in and then kind of flop? Yeah, I really thought the Raiders are in a bad situation here playing the uh, overtime game on Monday night and coming back. Uh, you know, the first game of the weekend, they have to travel, you know, different time zone. Uh, weather, of course, you know, probably, uh, well, I don't know if it's going to be an issue, but it'll be certainly be uncomfortable for the Raiders. Uh, I w- so we opened the game six and a half. I really thought that was a pretty good number, uh, but evidently the wise guys disagreed with me. They took the six, took the six now five and a half. We're writing pretty even bets uh, both ways. This is another game. We've got a lot of business on the money line, a little business on the total too, but uh, that'll be the first one up. And uh, you know the way it is, though, uh, guys are going to want to get their parlays started mm-hmm. with uh, with a side in this game. And uh, so I think our ticket count is going to be pretty high on this. But, I, I, again, Stormy, I can say that on every single game on the card this week. We're going to have a lot of business. Get the parlay started, get the party started. That's what I always say. <laughs> right. There are, there, you go. <laughs> there are two games that have a little bit of more separation, bigger favorites, right, with the Steelers and Chiefs game and then the Eagles and Bucks game. Which underdog are you seeing more play on with those two kind of mismatch games in the 7-2? Well, with the point spread, we're definitely getting more on the Steelers. Uh, you know, I think right now, I know a lot of guys, myself included, think that the Steelers are just going to try to ugly this game up as much as they can. Hope for a big play, you know, maybe in the fourth quarter, maybe somewhere along the line that uh, can propel them to victory. If you look back when they played Buffalo first game of the year, that's kind of what they did. You know, a team, you know, they were they were certainly overmatched playing against a team that was much better than them. But they blocked a punt late in the game, open score, and uh, they wound up winning that one. 
I think the guy, even though the Chiefs blew him out really in an ugly, ugly game just a few short weeks ago, uh, right now the, uh, the the thinking is the Steelers have a great chance of, like I said, using that exact strategy to try to keep the game close and look for a big play late and uh, maybe pull it out. But regardless, whether they can pull it out or not, I think uh, a lot of people are seeing value taking the 12 and a half, and uh, I would kind of agree with that, more so than taking the Eagles who um, – you know, I don't know. I you know, listen. It's Tom Brady. Uh, the wind. The wind is going to be a factor in Tampa, and that might be something that keeps the score down a little bit. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying too on the Steelers side of things. Plus, with it being Big Ben's potential likely final game, don't want him to go out getting stomped. All those different things that all motivational factors and whatnot. But with regards to the Eagles Buccaneers game, just what's your read on the Eagles as a team at this point in the season? They obviously came on pretty well the back half of the year, but playing you know, less than Buccaneers level type teams. Well, I think, I think the Eagles have played well in the last month or so, but I think the, the bigger story is the guys that are missing for Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, they're missing a lot of their key players, their skill position players that they could help them. That would obviously help them cover this number. If indeed it were to come about, I think the Eagles are pretty, uh, pretty you know, uh, they're, they're a good dog to take with the points. I don't like them so much to win the game. I think that's maybe asking a little bit too much, but definitely a live dog with the eight and a half. And, uh, you know, we had been at nine. Lots of guys have come in and taken the nine and not just in our store, but uh, you can see that across the board. I even see it as low as eight in some spots. So I think the wise guys think, you know, like I said, Buccaneers are missing some of their skill position players. Also, the wind is going to probably be a factor keep this uh, total fair, fairly low. I mean, still 46. It's not all that low, but something that would help the dog in that situation. And again, I kind of agree with it. I think this game is going to probably be a little bit closer than advertised. And, you know, Stormy, I'm not big on trends. I think a lot of times it's data mining, but traditionally this is a pretty good round for the underdog. And uh, yeah, I'll say this is whether there's any teaser players out there. Most guys are looking to tease the favorites. I think if you tease the dogs this round, you're going to do pretty good. Ooh, la la. I love it. Thank you so much for the time, Chris. You're awesome. We appreciate it. And make sure everybody get down to South Point, place those bets. It's going to be a fun, super wild card weekend. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Talk to you soon, Stormy. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Make sure you give him a follow at Andrews Sports. That's Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director. When we come back here on the program, my cringeworthy pick of the week, which actually just got a little bit of steam thanks to our guy, Chris Andrews. And, of course, Brad Evans joins the show talking all things prop bets for Super Wild Card Weekend. Don't go anywhere. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now, get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides. Plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. So don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Stormy Bon and Tony with you wrapping things up here on My Guys in the Desert live from downtown Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. And I know you guys are all used to Femi Fridays, but this is a segment that I really wish I got to do more. Let's hear it. Ooh. Ooh, my cringeworthy play of the weekend will be Eagles plus eight and a half. And I know that our guy Chris Andrews just put a little steam on this one, but to me, it's too many points. The Bucks beat the Eagles by six earlier this season, and that was at a point when Philly was really struggling. They fell to two and four after that game, then two and five before winning seven of their last 10 games. It was after that game that we saw the commitment to the run game really take hold. Nick Sirianni's team finally started to bloom into that flower he was talking about all the time. They're a team that's averaging a league best 160 yards on the ground, which could be a key here against a Bucks team that while I know all year long, we've talked about how good they are against the run. They haven't been that great the last couple of weeks. They're 92 yards on the ground per game allowed. Average has gone up to 109 the last three games, including allowing 138 to the J-E-T-S just end the season Jets who were brutal. The lowly Jets, as long as Jalen Hurts 
does enough with his arm. He'll handle business on the ground leading this offense. The Eagles also didn't sack Tom Brady in that last meeting, so they have to be better in that area as well, especially considering the offensive attrition the Bucks have. I think this game's going to be closer. The people say grosses me out a little bit, though. Grosses me out. Grosses me out. All right. That's our cringeworthy play of the day. Play of the weekend. <laughs> we'll see how our guest feels about it. Brad Evans. And we welcome in EP of gaming content over at Bally Sports. Uh, follow him at Noisy Huevos because all of the props that we're going to talk about here on the show, he has available for free in an awesome spreadsheet. Hey, Brad, how are you? I am splendid. I am stupendous. I am fantastic on this Friday, Stormy. It's nearly happy hour here in the Central Time Zone. Uh, and I'm attending, this is why I'm dressed in orange and blue, the Illinois-Michigan game tonight. Uh, so I cannot wait to uh, make some money potentially on that contest, though I have to wager outside the state of Illinois to do so. And also the player props market this weekend, this well, super wild card weekend. We got it. And I love your pick on the Eagles. Oh, well, that makes me feel good. We got to start there, though. What's the what's the pick tonight? You're going to the game. Who do you have? Well, I tell you what, the line has come down and it's a little bit more palatable. Uh, when it was at 10, 10 and a half earlier today, I probably would have leaned the Wolverines in this one. But at nine, I would feel comfortable betting Illinois. If it's nine and a half, that would probably scare me. The old Captain Oak Yar in this one. There's some bad blood here. Uh, Illinois Nation, uh, not exactly thrilled with Juwan Howard after the controversy surrounding the championship and the crowning uh, last season and that uh, COVID impacted year. And of course, we're still dealing with it now. But Hunter Dickinson versus Kofi Coburn is going to be must-see TV. And I think if the kickout game works for Illinois, which it has been all season long with Alfonso Plummer, Jacob Grandison, and Trent Frazier from outside, that will be the difference against this Michigan team that is grossly underachieved. So at nine, I lay the points. Anything more than that, I, I ignore it completely. Anything significantly higher than that, I actually go with the Wolverines. I know you got the Fade the Noise podcast, but I'm going to have to follow you if I can get on that number. I'm about it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, also, I can't, words cannot describe how good I feel that you are on board with my cringy pick. What do you like about the Eagles this week covering the number? Well, I thought you laid out a perfect uh, case. Uh, a lot of the same talking points and arguments that I've made all season and really all week long for this Philadelphia Eagles team is that, look, this is a ground-oriented team. Uh, they run it more than anybody else in the league at uh, over 51% of the time. Uh, you brought up that game against the Jets in which Tampa gave up a buck 38 to the running backs on the ground, a buck 10 to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think with uh, Jalen Hurts uh, nursing that ankle, getting it back uh, close to full strength, uh, missing these last couple of games is going to be a major boon uh, for this office. Getting Miles Sanders back will certainly help as well. So grounding and pounding it. Uh, at eight, eight and a half. It's just too many points. And, and I think it will be a touchdown spread with the extra point in the end as Tequila Tom and company march on. But the Eagles score the cover in a potentially wind-driven and wet game there in Western Florida. Well, as you're getting ready for happy hour and all the shots, 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 let's talk props, props, <laughs> props, props, props. Yeah! What is your favorite game this week that you think has the best prop bet on the table? Give it to me. Well, you know, let's go to bitterly cold Western New York and the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Game time temperature is a snot freezing four degrees expected there at Orchard Park. Uh, wind chills uh, probably going to be hovering right around minus 10 in this contest. Uh, it's going to be different, you know, than the first match between these two teams uh, outside of Buffalo, New York there, as of course, that was the gale force wind driven game in which all the military schools playbooks are rolled into one. Uh, for Mac Jones and company. He'll have more than three pass attempts 
this go around, but I do love the under on Mac Jones on his pass yards prop. I got a 217 and a half when it opened. I would play this number down all the way to like 203 and a half where you can get it right now around 204 and a half, 205 and a half. I think it's going to be a more conservative approach, a whole lot of rah, 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 <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, that one, two punch at the ground, because if you could beat the bills uh, the area you have to exploit is their rush defense. They're giving up close to 4.2 yards for carry the running back position. And if you want to correlate, synergize, bring it all together, Stormy. If I like the under on the pass yards for Mac Jones, I also like the under on the pass attempts at 30 and a half there. But my favorite wager in this game that's sledgehammer worthy is the over on Devin Singletary receiving yards. Mm. I got it at 12 and a half when it opened. It's up to 14 and a half at some of the books, and it's still sledgehammer worthy on that 14 and a half line. His role has steadily grown here these last five weeks as a pass catcher. Ran at least 16 routes in each of his last five games. Went for 39 yards through the air of the first matchup. I, I, I could see him scoring this maybe even on the first drive of the game. Nice little check down action uh, from Josh Allen. And he turns it upfield for a 13-yard gain. So I think that one's going to cash sweat-free with ease as New England has given up five and a half receptions per game in the running back position this year. That's great stuff. By the way, that rah-rah, that Lady Gaga thing you did there, your voice is like a combination of <laughs> Fergie and Jesus. It's beautiful. We should start a band. Um, another one, as I was looking at your chart, that seemed pretty interesting to me. In the raiders Bengals game, you wanted to parlay potentially Joe Mixon, 60-plus uh, rush yards and an anytime touchdown. Tell me more. I'm very intrigued. Man, I love these same game parlays. Uh, I get entrapped by them. They hit me with, you know, with like a tractor beam and just suck me in every single time. And I'm not looking to go like six, seven, eight leggers. I would never recommend that to anybody because your odds are just so extraordinary, even on low threshold wagers overall. Do a little two legger, do a little three legger. Uh, bring the odds down and maybe get in plus territory and bring the lines down with some of these alt lines that are available as well. For example, just as you laid out, Joe Mixon at 60 plus rush yards, it's down from 76 and a half. On the standard line, you throw that together with an anytime touchdown and get to get it at plus 110. And I do like the over on Mixon on 19 and a half rush attempts. I, this is why I love Cincinnati in this postseason because they can play in variable ways. They can play in a shootout in a dome with the triplets at wide receiver and Joe Burrow. They can also hand the ball off in a cold weather game, as you laid out uh, earlier. You know, with the Raiders, and and as a result, uh, you know, I think uh, Joe Mixon is going to be a point of emphasis here. And we saw what he did the first matchup. And I know new two games are ever the same, but 30 carries, 123 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I think he goes for at least 60 on the ground, finds the end zone as well. And he also saw on that screen a second ago, Josh Jacobs absolutely adore the over on 20 and a half receiving yards. I think this will be a negative game script at times. So I think the Raiders are going to cover the five. And Jacobs is a guy comfortably over this number six of his last eight including the prior matchup against the Bengals in which he had uh, five receptions for 24 yards. I think he's going to be a similar vicinity here. Second go around. We only have about a minute left with you, but I have not been shy about it. I'm backing the 49ers this week, and I would love to know if you've got some over yes. props in San Francisco that we can talk about. And you and I are the same wavelength this week, Stormy. I also got the Niners at plus 140 on the money line. So, uh, again, if you want to correlate, bring it together. I think the ground game is going to be humming, baby. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is going to be pounding the rock in this one. I love the over. I got an 81 and a half. It's an 80 and a half at some of the books. It was as low as 76 and a half. I think he's going to flirt with the century mark. Uh, and as a result, he's going to get into 20 rush attempt territory, which he has done in five straight games. 
Dallas Cowboys give it a 3.24 yards per carry at the running back position. Also, low Debo Samuel as a runner in this game on the 20 and a half rush yards. Uh, Brandon Ayuk on 49 and a half receiving yards. He'll take advantage of Trayvon Diggs, who has given up the most yards to his assignments of any DB in the league this season, over 1,000 and 18 and a half yards per catch on top of that. That's going to be the primary assignment for Ayuk. And then you cannot penetrate right now the San Francisco front. Giving up 2.94 yards per carry the last six weeks. That is no bueno for Zeke Elliott. And that's why I'm under on the 51 and a half rush yards. I got to tell you, I loved all that red on the screen. It was a thing of beauty. Thank you, Brad. You're awesome. Have fun this weekend. Muchas gracias. Go, Alina. <laughs> Give Brad Evans a follow at Noisy Huevos on Twitter again. All of his props for Wild Card Weekend are available for free. That's going to do it for my guys in the desert. Good luck with all your bets this weekend. Have fun. Danny Burke is next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.